Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Not Chris, but Lee. Get well soon, Chris. <laughs> the excitement of the Italian Grand Prix must have just been too much. He did send a message earlier saying he was very drained. Like a Ferrari brake duct after it falls so- off a crane. <laughs> Sometimes that happens though if you spend a day off work. I've had a week off, I'm knackered. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just you alone with the internet drained. Yeah, and yet I work through the weekend, have just lost one of my loo days, feel alright. It's alright for some. The power of busy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, today's the first day in ten I didn't have a nap. <laughs> I, I am I am proud of that. Anyway, we're, we're yakking and we want to get we want to get through this quickly. Um right, there was a bit of a race at the weekend. Well there was two races really when you think about it. Yeah, uh, do you know what I thought? Because I know we couldn't do it, right? So this isn't a suggestion for the future of Formula One. Uh, but I, I couldn't help think, wouldn't it be nice if we could just do that every race? If that was just part of the format where they raced for half the race, then we pulled everybody in and had another start. But they'd get used to it, wouldn't they? So they'd think, oh, well, fuck it. We'll just get the tyres to halfway and then we'll change the change it at the, the interval. Yeah, minimum time. Otherwise, you get shot at. I, re- I, I reckon the best the best way to do it is if you want if you want to do it like that. Hmm. Say that the red flag is going to come out at a random point between um, between the sprinklers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you get a red flag between I don't know thirty and thirty and fifty five percent of the race at some point, but you don't know when it is. So then everyone just starts on the hard tires. And no one's allowed to start on hard tyres. I think a red flag needs to be authentic. I think it needs to be just a rare wild card of chaos. I think you cannot plan the chaos. Like the sprinklers. Stupid idea. If if, (laughs) if there's just one way of making it... uh, Do you know what? I think we could do with sprinklers. Christ. I do. <laughs> I do. It's, well, it would have to be random. So, but you, but you would be guaranteed that fifty percent of the races all year would be wet. But what if the sprinkler system fails and then you end up with like one completely yeah, dry, dry bit of track? Now, what if it only There's partly fails? There's your chaos. <laughs> hey, Mon- Monaco in the wet. You've still got to drive through the tunnel where it's dry. That's true. Yep. That is true. Yeah, it makes for some interesting handling at the entrance and the exit. And then you could throw a wild card in that three out of all of the sprinklers uh, that will that will be randomly dotted out between the circuits. Uh, it could, could be just one circuit as well. Instead of having water, it would have oil. <laughs> this oil. is venturing into Formula Mario Kart, I fear. <laughs> <laughs> or you just you just got a has to dump a load of oil on a really really fast corner and bring out a red flag that way. Yes, that was well. That was good. That, well done, Paul. You've dragged us back into the race. With you. <laughs> <laughs> so we should, as we normally do, start from the back, and I'm sure this will give you great pleasure in doing Ferrari first. It's the only I'm first not, they're getting this I, week. I'm yeah. not drawing any pleasure from this. <laughs> Bollocks! <laughs> is this part of your comedy routine? 
it's fucking great. I'm so excited. I am so excited at the beginning of every qualifying session. Like, oh, is one of them going to go out in Q1? Will anyone make it to Q3? Oh, listen more. And um, I, if they're not failing to disappoint, I was. I must say, though, I was genuinely concerned about Charles Leclerc when he went into that wall. Mm, it was a nasty was crash. Fast. He has you don't tweeted. More crashes there. He has tweeted um, sort of this afternoon to say he's had every like medical check possible and he is absolutely fine. Yeah, it, it was another one of those ones where I think I know the uh, the tires didn't come into the cockpit of the car, mm. but it, they they easily can do in situations like that, or the car can get buried in. And for me, it was another 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 plus for the halo. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, my my first thought when he actually got up and started moving out of the car was, and thank fuck they took that sausage curb out from last year that uh, Alex Peroni hit in the F3 race and mm. actually practically ended up, um, I think ended up on the catch fencing in front of the old banking. Yeah. Ten foot, ten foot in the air. Yeah, it broke his back. He went mm. sideways. He could, that could have flipped him. Mm. That if that sausage curb had been there. Um. But what's right? What do you think about the incident? Because I know Brundle was saying, "Oh, it looks like he lost the back end," but and it, it, he probably did lose the back end. But it seemed to really snap on him. Like, yeah, it, really it was snapped. odd, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, people were saying it looked like it was it was oil because obviously that's that's where Magnuson was and he was slowing down before he pulled off mm. to the side. I don't think it was. I think that was. I think that was a failure. On I don't think some part it was, I don't of the back of the car. Failure. I don't think it was a failure, but what I am wondering is, is our Ferrari now at the point where they've they've hit such a rock bottom that they're not just bad, they're dangerous? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they've got quite that bad. I mean... Well, I mean, the car, both drivers said it was undrivable. You know, they, they both lost it uh, during what, like, one of the Lesmos in practice. Um, Vettel's brakes just fucking went after what? How many? Not even. Was it six or seven? It was. It was laps. early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you did you see the uh, the onboard pointing backwards from it? You actually saw bits of brake yeah. flying off behind it. Was on fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was on fire as he was rolling back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it just seemed like. I, I, I mean, that's my favorite Italian Grand Prix for Ferrari. <laughs> it's absolute, my absolute favourite. I am going to break but, protocol a little bit here and go for a kind of honourable rock star mention, though, because they quite literally crashed and burned for our entertainment. That is rock star behaviour. It is rock star behaviour. Vettel gets a rock star mention as well, because like you're talking, what, 212 mile an hour by the, when you get into the breaking point for turn one? Yep. And uh, the next thing is, brakes explode, and you hear a calm voice go, I've got no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He said. He said afterwards as well. Apparently, that's a quite a good place for it to happen. Well, you've got such a long runoff. I suppose you, I suppose so. Yeah, but, yeah right at the but, end of a long straight. That's where you don't want the brakes to work. Well, I mean, I, 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 I guess. I mean, he did the best thing that he could have done, which yeah. was go straight on through, straight on through the escape road. Um, yeah. Took just about all the polystyrene with him, and then you're in Curva Grande, which has got a lot of gravel on the outside and you've got a long all right it's a long grand curve but mm. you can reduce your speed on that if you um if you take your foot off the throttle completely so you know if if it was that bad and there was nothing nothing he could do whatsoever at least 
it could kind of set it into coasting mode. I like the fact that Sebastian Vettel's Italian Grand Prix ended in a spare. (laughs) (laughs) They banned them a few years back, though, didn't they? And they were called T-cars anyway. (laughs) (laughs) If I'd brought a cowbell with me. Um, Yeah, I mean, we we said Ferrari were going to have a weekend to forget this time last week. Yeah. And... Christ, that, that was... I mean, I think that is the that is. I mean, it was the worst Ferrari qualifying performance since 1984 at the Italian Grand Prix. I mean, I think the best thing about it what for Ferrari. What happened in Alboreto, I think, and pa- I think I want to say it was Michele Alboreto and Patrick Tombe. They were the ones getting mentioned. Uh. Did one of them do a dead? No, no, they just. Didn't get into just the, shit. Just didn't get into the top ten in qualifying, and that's the first time. Oh, right, okay. That's uh, the first time both Ferraris have been outside the top ten in qualifying in Italy since then. I think, but yeah, I think the best thing you can say about that Ferrari showing was they did not prolong the agony in the race. No, it's just right. God, we're we're done. The, I wish there'd been fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was, there was actually a few. Um, few spectators in attendance this time because the um they walked out <laughs> i think the, um the italian equivalent of the nhs had specially selected guests from uh trees and that no, no, key workers oh okay no they, no they were actually they were actually real people fair play locksmiths <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> No, I think with the with the amount of brake smoke that we see that we were seeing from this weekend, um, you could definitely say both Ferrari drivers were locksmiths. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> crafted many a lock. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's no more you can say apart from if you're a Ferrari fan, you've already switched off. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to, someone head's got to roll. I I can't help thinking maybe Bonotto might be saved here because of the departing Vettel. So maybe they, Ferrari can try and shovel some of the, the shite off on Vettel on his way out the door. But, uh, yeah. It's, yeah I mean, for, the I, Ferrari always liked to have a scapegoat mm. because yeah. De Montes Amelo was, uh, he was the big evil when it was his turn to leave. They did it to James Allen, James Allison as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Arriva Benny, I think, was um, it was all his fault as well, I think, at one point. Dominicali. Yeah, yeah. Everything was Dominicali's fault at one point. Alonso. Yes, yeah, yeah, and I, I still stand by the fact that um, Ferrari wouldn't have had well, like a win if it wasn't for Alonso during that period. They might, might mind you, I suppose they might have got the massa one that he had to give away, but you know, it was it was it was Alonso carrying that car on his back for a while. But yeah, Ferrari always have to have a scapegoat, and I think I think you might be right. I think they might be seeing it as. Uh... You know, this this is Vettel's fault. When next year rolls round and they've still got the same engine and the same car, but they haven't got Vettel to blame, that's when Bonotto needs to watch his mm-hmm. back. Yes, yeah. Very yeah. much so. But can they afford to get rid of him then because they're going to be working on the 2022 stuff? Can you have that level of disruption next year? This is Ferrari. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they've um, they've already turned around, haven't they, and said this is going to take many years to fix. Now, Bonotto has said this will take many years to fix. Yeah. Bonotto's replacement might come in and say, 
don't worry guys, I've got this. Which is not a good idea. And then Bonotto's replacement's replacement yeah. might say, <laughs> ignore everything the last two have said, we're working on it. So, I mean, basically, that's Charles Leclerc's career basically fucked unless Ferrari do something super special. Or his um, agent gets him out of it. What? Or his agent gets him out of it. Maybe. Obviously, the thing is, because he was already like the Ferrari's chosen sort of development guy and stuff like that, I wonder whether his agent would be working for Ferrari. Yeah, and you know, get a new agent. That's what Lewis did, didn't he? He Fired his dad, got out of McLaren. What? um, Charles Leclerc's agent? It's Nico Prost, isn't it? Nico Prost. Nico Tot. Yes. Wrong Nico. Too many. Isn't isn't this the first year of a five-year contract? Yes. Yeah. All contracts have a price. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, not to Ferrari, though. Ferrari buy the other contracts. <laughs> Ferrari doesn't need your filthy money. And don't forget, if he um, if he wants to get out of the contract midway through, it's got to go through the um, FIA contract accreditation board, which then can be passed on to the head of the FIA. And uh, who's the head of the FIA? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see, I, I I don't think Charles Leclerc did enough, you see. when uh, like he was, He's been given this big contract. I mean, the, the, I, I would. There must be a clause halfway through. You'd have thought, you know, like there are maybe, with these kind of things. Maybe aren't in there? the third year or something. Um, but I will say, when he was given that, like a contract, everything was rosy. But he was still like the young Ferrari junior sort of person. So he, it's not like he had Lewis Hamilton wait to throw it, throw in his terms and conditions. And I, I can't help but think that when you've won a race for Ferrari, you're beating the five-time world champion or four-time world champion. Four-time. What's four? Four. You're, you're beating the four-time world champion. Ferrari is saying to you, we're going to make you a world champion. You're basically going to sign what they put in front of you. Yeah, there'll be there'll be an exit clause in there somewhere. What it is, I don't know, but it'll it'll exist. Mm, but uh, I've, it's science I feel for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, last last He'll week he'll be it looking was, for his exit clause. Yeah, last week it was the picture of buyer's remorse. This week it was just wrong place, wrong time. Well, didn't he actually come over the radio uh, and say to his engineer after the race, uh, "Why am I? Why am I going to Ferrari?" Oh, oh I've not heard that. Oh, I didn't, didn't hear that. Yeah, some, somebody sent me a transcript of it, and I, I think it was just you know during his in lap when they tell him to. Like, Pick up rubbers and mm. no, not rubbers, rubber, and uh, don't drive <laughs> into walls. What kind of celebration is he planning? I don't know, but it's, it's, a, it's a Catholic country, Italy. They're very hard to get hold Look, of, apparently. I'm I'm a straight man. Look at the guy. You know, like, he, he needs to get them on the NHS because even he can't afford the amount he goes through. But um, you know, it's the uh, it. I think there's every chance. Yeah that um, given a Mercedes engine in the back of it, that McLaren can be at least the second best team next year. With the new rules, I wouldn't... Mm -hmm. It wouldn't... Seems reasonable. It doesn't seem beyond the realms of possibility. Mm -hmm. Because I can't... See, I've got got a theory as well later on for Red Bull about why they weren't really at the races. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a feeling I know what it, who it's to do I with. I don't think you'll have to wait too long for the Red Bull theory. Uh, nope. No, you won't, because um, we'll do the second worst team of the weekend, which is Red Bull. 
Hiya, Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not Albon, my theory. My theory is to do oh. with Honda. Oh, and I, excellent. I know, um, I know Gas, uh, Gasly won the race, but let's face it, shenanigans happened. Mm. And um, Artificial excitement, as somebody put on Twitter. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> that's some, sometimes that's all some of us get. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the thing is that both the Racing Point and the McLaren were quicker than the Alfatori. You know, it's they, they um, science given another lap would have had him. You know, that it would have, it was, you could see the way science was, ch- was chasing them down. So it's, it's not like uh, Red Bull had a bad day and the Alfatori was like a rocket ship. I think when they're, uh, they've took these like party modes or whatever we call other teams, engine modes away. I wonder whether that's the gains that um, Hundred made. You know, when when they were underpowered in McLaren, have have they managed to like make their quality mode reliable enough and fuel efficient enough to use it more? Uh, and they did, but they did. They thought it would affect when when Horner sort of helped towards this happening. Uh, they thought maybe Mercedes were in the same position, where clearly Mercedes aren't quite in the same position, and it's th- this sort of like freeze on engine mapping has like taken away some of the progress Honda's made. Yeah, I mean there have been a couple of times this season where Max has been asking for more power and they've said that they can't give it to him. Yeah. So, that, I mean that was a bad weekend. Like even like even Max Verstappen couldn't make his way through in that car. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't know about his. I don't know about this DNF. You know, the team said they saw something in the telemetry mm. that meant there was an engine problem. Were they trying to spare his blushes, or were they trying to spare Angry Max when he couldn't when he couldn't get more so. power to get through, or were they trying to spare bits of the car? Mm. I think I bits think you might be on, on bit of money there. probably. Because you know, it was it was running thoroughly average. Yeah. And I think it was kind of lower end of points, wasn't it? It was sort of eighth, ninth ish. Yeah, mm. and wasn't hugely at the races. No, no pun intended. Mm. But then, no. uh, yeah, then just to you know, for something, something to go wrong to pull him out. And Albon, well, I mean, he, he lost half his floor. Yeah, on by uh, being a dick on, on turn one. Sl- but let, let's not forget, he lost his floor because he lost his floor. Yeah, it is impressive for someone to cause a collision with Grosjean and not be collided into by Grosjean. That's quite spectacular. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not what you want on your resume. <laughs> Was worse in, in a corner than Grosjean. Yeah. Grosjean Grosjean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seemed, <clears throat> again... Not what I was expecting from Red Bull. No. Um, it's what I expected from Albon, if I'm honest. I, I, I don't mean that nasty. He's just, he's not, he's just not there this year. And I don't, I, I, when you see him in um, interviews and stuff like that, I, I, I don't think he's going to get himself out of it. The problem, I think the problem Red Bull have is there is no answer. Like they can't, the, Albon hasn't matched Verstappen. 
Gasly got punted out for not matching Verstappen. So by bringing him back in, they'd be admitting they're wrong. Kvyat mm-hmm. is really just keeping a seat warm until someone else gets a super license. Sonoda. If they get someone outside the Red Bull family, they're admitting the Red Bull program doesn't work. They're, they're kind of in this like weirdy no-win situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, the, um, it, it's it, they painted themselves into a very small corner. They they have to be all in on Albon because anything else is embarrassing as fuck. But Albon is not performing, so it's. I it's, think it's they a can mess. put Gasly in the car now because he won a race. I think they can put Gasly in the car, um, I, and smooth it out media wise. Saying, look, uh, when he when he when he came into the team last year, maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe we put him in too quickly. Um, Albon's having a hard time so if we put him back down the pressure's off him and he can just get his mojo back like Gasly's done but the, pro- uh, but the problem is and it's one hell of a risk for him to take they do, they do the, the re-swap you know mm-hmm. switch, switcheroo too all of a sudden Gasly's fighting for eighth yeah, I, I, and I, to be perfectly honest I think it would probably happen because, and, ha- and how bad mm-hmm. are they going to look then yeah yeah Whereas um, at the moment, I, I, sorry, Lee, go on. on. Uh, the uh, I did I did the the hot lap this morning uh, talking about this, and um, I think it's it's MotoGP Honda time for for Red Bull. What the, what you've got is is clearly it's a car that's difficult to drive. I don't believe it's difficult to drive because they've built it for Max Verstappen. I don't believe that because it's not. It doesn't work as a team sport. That's a silly move. Um, but what I do think is they've they've made a car that's difficult to drive that is fast-ish, but is always on the edge of something going wrong or or either either something going wrong or not being able to find the window in which the car is going to operate. It's obviously got like a really narrow window. But like uh, Honda in MotoGP, they, it was, uh, as soon as um, Mark Marquez hurt himself you saw the problems honda have got and those problems have been masked by the fact that they had a fucking genius on the bike um i i don't think max verstappen is quite at the level that marquez is at um but i do think his natural ability is covering for the problems of that car and maybe um, the confidence of Alec, of Albon is accentuating the uh, the failures of it. Albon is the Alex Marquez. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say what are the, what they're going to do? Get Max's sister in because she's a she's a car. She, oh, she's heavily pregnant. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh right, okay. Because <laughs> she she's been a, she's been a karting champion she, she's as well. She's very good at the karting, but she does um, marketing and stuff for Red Bull now, and is pregnant. Right. So See, that, like you know, you know, they say when a where, when a man has a baby uh, in motor racing, it costs them like half a second. Uh, it would literally cost her half a second because of the extra weight. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think we can uh, I think we can. I can't remember yeah. what Max's sister's Victoria. Called. Thank you. There is um, Yoss has produced another boy quite recently uh, with I think wife number three. So there is there is three, a three yeah, at minimum. There's another one coming at some point. Give him give it a few years yet, but um, yeah, not not as big a gap as the Eccleston children, obviously. But <laughs> I think it's the it's it's the um, the Fittipaldis that get me. They keep coming. There's still another one of them. There's Sauber uh, uh, of Emerson. Em- Sauber 
um, their junior program have got a 13-year-old Emerson child. Wow. And I think there's a younger one as well, but I don't oh, yeah. know if that one races. Yeah, he was he was the only um, it was the only one on the Sauber Academy photo with any sponsorship. So much sponsorship. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's there's four young drivers and a heavily sponsored small child. Yeah, I mean, Fittipaldi, you know, it'd probably be a good dynasty to get into a Formula One team, but don't forget, the last time a member of the Fittipaldi family started a team, it didn't go well. Mm. You know, when um, Emerson gave up potential world championships to go and drive for his brother's, what was it, Copa Sucre team. Sponsored by the Brazilian Sugar Marketing Board. Excellent. That's when he became known as Fittipaldi DNF. (laughs) Uh, right, on to the team with the best performance with a Ferrari engine of the weekend, which is Haas. Which is fucking crazy. <laughs> and Grosjean was the highest placed driver Ferrari powered. Wow. What is this world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a race where... well, 2020 is fucking ruthless, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, Grosjean 12th, K-Mag's DNF, which really started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What was it? Do we know? Did we ever hear what the problem was? He just said something's long pause broke. Yeah, I mean, um, we did We did have... Um, I, did, I did get a tweet about um, K-Mag's something's broken, and um, it's the resurrection. So, um, Kevin Magnussen, you are this week's... Captain Obvious. <laughs> Happy now, Gemma? <laughs> but yeah, uh, it broke. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, the th- maybe the thing that was that, that he ran into was broke was uh, Albon's self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken Mag breaks down, all hell breaks loose. Um, didn't really see too much of Grosjean. Magnussen was already well off the pace because he had to pit at the end of lap one for a new nose. Yes, courtesy of Giovinazzi? I think so, yes. Because um, we, we were wondering, because nothing got shown on screen, mm. there was no mention of it. It's like, why is K-Mag 33 seconds down already and we're only on lap two? Mm. So Not ideal. Didn't, no. didn't get what you would call a great start. Grosjean had the little tangle with Alban at the start. Obviously, if he was tangling with Alban, he made up a place or two. I think I think he got about five five places up at one point. Fair play. And then just kind of faded into obscurity. Yeah, he was I think he was just kind of running somewhere between twelfth and sixteenth for the majority of the race. Mm. Never really looked like getting points, but was never at the back, didn't aside from Alban, didn't really happen to anyone. There was a lot of that, wasn't there, this race? There was, a, there, was, there was a lot of people out there. You say you're Hasses or, uh, or Hass by this time. Um, Kvyat would be another one I'd probably put in, in that bracket. Yeah, Kvyat, uh, both Red, or, or the uh, Red Bulls. There was, there was a lot of people out there which just didn't seem to have the car to move forward mm. at all. Participation trophy yeah. winners. Were there. Yeah. yeah also yeah. took part. Yeah, literally the Ralph of the race. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing, nothing you can say about Haas except for they managed to get a car over the line. Um, 
didn't score points again. Behind a Williams. Behind a Williams, but ahead of, you know, one of the Haas cars was ahead of every other Ferrari-powered car. All right, only three, only three finished, but... But he finished. He finished. Uh, this is definitely it, isn't it? This is the... Uh... This is the end of the Grosjean dream. It must and be. Maybe Even, the Magnussen dream I mean, as Ted, well. Ted Kravitz was saying um, that it's looking more and more like his last season. Yeah. Apparently Magnussen is having contract talks this week. Did you hear the crazy, crazy thing? I know, I know, we're, I know we're on Haas here, but it's kind, of, it's kind of the same thing because... They've got Ferrari engines in them, but well, he was talking about well, they, Alfa Romeo. They are next, next, so we can do them at the same time. Right. Well, the, during a like the um, Sky coverage, mm. where you had uh, Lazenbury, Button, and whoever the third one was, I can't remember. Um, Lazenbury was talking about Selba, and then he turned around and said, to, "said to Button," he said. Well, have you heard anything about Salvo getting Renault engines next year? And Button gave him such a cr- odd look as it, and went, "No, no, I haven't." I, it was a it was a really awkward TV moment, <laughs> <laughs> as if they've had a conversation off camera and um, Lazenby's gone, "Oh, let's have that conversation on camera." And uh, yeah, yeah, but, interesting. But can you like if you want a like a, a look at what position Ferrari's in? If that's true, and Ferrari's junior team, like, the, or at least I would say the controlling Salba half of it, is trying to get Renault engines in the back of an Alfa Romeo that's owned by Ferrari. That's that is wild. I mean, let's have a look at it. They've got um, Cubitza, haven't they? So they've got Cubitza money, so they don't necessarily need as much Ferrari stuff. The Ferrari technology partnership they're getting is worth shit. Mm-hmm. And Renault are going to be supplying one less customer next year, so have capacity. Probably not the worst idea. And Hulkenberg is still on okay terms with Renault and needs a seat alongside Kubica as well. There we go. And more, import- more importantly, uh, Renault next year have two engines that they haven't got a McLaren to put in. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's- well, the other the other thing about Ferrari engines is Gene Haas has been saying to Ferrari. Um, you're going to have to come up with something better or we're going to have to look at our options. Well, let's face it, that um, whatever happens here, I mean, right, the, the, all the Ferrari cars have suffered because of the... Um, Ferrari. <laughs> the, yeah, the Ferrari, like, fucking magic dust that they're putting on the engines. Mm-hmm. Right, what I, d- like I, did, I, did, I did that comparison um, after Austria. And six teams all improved their times from 2019. At the same circuit, um, sorry, seven teams improved their times. Three teams were slower than they were at Austria in 2019. And they were the ones with the red-badged engines. Yes. Mm -hmm. All three Ferrari teams were slower in qualifying in Austria. Jesus then, so uh, the question needs to be is, do, wait, were Haas and Salba complicit or were they just given the engine? Was this like a mode that, that that can be turned on and off from like a switch on the steering wheel or is it literally just something they were doing to the engines to prepare them to I, put them in, to put the units in the car? 
I I think it was something that was on the engine, and mm-hmm. it was switchable, but um, Alpha and Hass weren't given the switch. Yeah, I I I agree because I I just think there's they haven't felt like Ferrari had. If if you took, I mean, you're talking like neat. What was it? Around Spa was it like three seconds. Were they three seconds slower than they were? It was it was something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you stuck uh, three seconds like back on Haas and uh, Alfa Romeo. They're well, behind the Williamses at that point. Yeah. So, you know, they, they haven't lost the same. Ferrari have come back to them. They haven't fucking mm. fell back with Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. This, so, is, this is why I think it wasn't um, It wasn't on everybody's engine. Yeah. You know, obviously, the engine, the engine as a whole, the ones that Ferrari use and sell, is worse than last year's. But it seems mm-hmm. to be even worse when it's in the red car. Than when yes, it's in the other because two. the red car was doing something else to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So i i can see um, i can see i can see why the teams that are partnered with Ferrari would want to get out of it. And it, it, even just on a, uh, like, it, it, if you take because Peter Sauber is still involved with Sal, uh, with Alfa Romeo. Yes. Um, yeah, it is still the the yeah, Sauber team. It's, it's Alfa Romeo racing managed by Sauber. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when you consider, right, Peter Salba cared enough about that team that after selling it and watching BMW destroy it, he bought it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think he comes across as the type of man that wants to deal with people that cheated their way to win races. True, yeah, I can see that. I mean, don't forget, Peter Salba has now taken, taken back control of that team twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all, but yeah, what a kick. What a kick that would be. So I wonder if that would be a rebranding again back to Selber at some point if something like that was to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's oh. yeah, the, they've done it they've done it before. I mean, you know, in the during the sort of obviously the BMW time it was BMW Sauber and it was just gradually becoming more and more BMW and the Sauber name was just on there as an advert for uh, you know, sports cars because I think Sauber as a company still customize um, high-end sports yeah. cars for consumers, and during the uh, during the Ericsson times with Longbow Capital, there was talk of it becoming Longbow Racing, ah. which obviously never happened, and then Longbow nothing to do with the team anymore. And I think Sauber took back an element of control mm. and partnered up with Ferrari. Could even be something like a Sauber ART in the future, because of course that's Vasseur is ART. Yes, he is, isn't he? So we could, we could see something like that because Sauber pulled their backing from Chiroux in F two. Oh, have they? Yeah, they're now. Oh, so re- that's why Schumacher, uh, David Schumacher, left Chiroux. Um, I think they pulled it at the season because the, uh, in uh, F two they were the Sauber Junior team. Yes, they were last year. This year they're back to being Chiroux. Interesting. So, are Sauber looking at actually making getting getting the name back and having control again? But yeah, an ART F one team wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility because we've seen how good they've been in lower formulas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Frederick Vasseur comes across as fairly 
reasonable as Clued, a clued up. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you'd mess with him. No. He, no, he seems to seems to get the job done. And going by last couple of seasons of Drive to Survive, likes his espresso. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, I mean, we we could see something like that. Move, moving on to moving on to the Alpha Sauber race performance, um, they screwed Kimi over. And the reason that they screwed Kimi over is they forgot to warm the medium tyres, so they had to send him out on softs because they were the warmest set that was available I after the red flag. I wonder why the fuck they were on softs. That's stupid. Yeah, they forgot to warm the mediums. They were all prepared to switch him onto them and they realised that they'd not actually activated the tyre warmers. Jesus. Wow. So they only had the softs to put him out on and we just saw him plummet. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I don't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have held on to top three. I don't think. But sixth or seventh wouldn't have been out of the yeah, question. It would have been a moderate, moderate points mm. haul. You know, it would. It would have been good to see him having um, having a fight with uh, with Bottas. Yeah. And defending against him. But well, I mean, Bottas didn't look like he could get past a parked car, did he? <laughs> Particularly not at the start. Jesus. No. no, I mean, we'll 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 get we'll get to that shortly but um yeah and the Giovinazzi cock up they had even longer than Mercedes to realize that the pit lane was mm-hmm. closed that's the thing Hamilton was at the front of that queue they must surely by the time Giovinazzi had got to it thought hang on why isn't anyone else doing a pit stop it's very Let's bizarre be fair, this could be all on him <laughs> that that could have been a hundred percent Giovinazzi call it, I mean, it is, isn't it? A red light is a red light, whatever kind of car you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it is on page three of the timing screen, they should have somebody looking at that. I suspect they will now. That will be someone's job from now on in every team. If a car breaks down anywhere near the pit lane, look out for the red light. Everyone's going to have uh, one of them. I'm surprised there isn't a noise or something. You know how you have like the noise for the pit lane opening? Mm-hmm. It does. It does feel like there should be something extra. Mind you, saying that only two cars. Like there was two. You know, there was two cars that got it wrong. Yeah. So you know, you've you've got to kind of blame Mercedes and Alfa Romeo for for it. Yeah. In in every other case, either someone at the team or at least the driver themselves has said, "Oh shit, the pit lane's closed. Keep yeah. it going." I I mean I get it with McLe- with Mercedes because Lewis was so far ahead. You know. Mm-hmm. And, he did come into that corner at the first first point, but he did lie though. It's some he's lied one way or another because, because um, he he ran up to the stewards, which I think was scooted, scooted, scooted. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I I don't agree with you know it's he there's a there's a whole team there, and I find it I find it slightly I find it slightly arrogant. Mm-hmm. Go go! Like, I'm I'm going to go and sort this out myself. Yeah. Um, but apart from finding that that arrogant, uh, he said in the pit af- afterwards, he said, "Oh yeah, well, it's, I, I I take the you know I take the blame for this. I saw the boards." And you think, well, you're you're doing you're lying at some point here because you're either lying when you go into the stewards to contest it, or you're lying that you saw the boards. Yeah, if he didn't see the boards and he's had a little look at the screen and gone, "All right, fair enough, fine." But yeah, it does seem a, a strange one to try and argue it when yeah. it's clearly a red cross on a thing. 
LED board. That's that's the thing. Thank you. <laughs> I wonder. Like, I've, I I know Hamilton spreads himself quite thin with things now. Where when it comes to what's going on, uh, I I wonder if he would. What what would happen with someone uh, challenged him? Because at the moment he doesn't really have to think about racing. Well, I mean, the last the last time he got um, he got challenged about lying, he said he was on the verge of uh, the verge of retiring. The um, mm. you know the time that he got caught lying to the stewards and denied it. Also, they played the radio transcript back. <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. Where, where, but, Mac- where McLaren had told him exactly what to say. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the the, the however however he's dealing with his uh, like his position in the sport at the minute. I, I I can't help but think that if um, it he'll have to change his approach to things if say a Max Verstappen gets a car that's capable of challenging him and focus you know like, uh, more on what on the task at hand because he doesn't have to focus anymore he's got a teammate which is uh, probably about half a second slower than him per lap in general you know during a race he can. He can steal a pole off him now and again, but over the course of a season, you know, I think there's more chance of Mika Hacken winning an extra world championship than there is of Bottas winning one. <laughs> I think that's it, um, though, isn't it? Because he has so much extra capacity on the track. He can be doing all his other bits and pieces because he doesn't need to be 100% in racing. If someone did present a challenge, yeah. then it's on him, really, isn't it? Does he need to then, then? it would be down to him to focus and maybe he would need to... Mm. Hire a manager and an agent. Yes. Yeah, which is I, which I, is I another just, thing that he does all himself. Yeah. It just I, I find it interesting. I mean, that's what Vettel does all himself as well. It I just find it interesting because yeah, Vettel, um, Vettel does it. Vettel does it all himself. But Vettel isn't recording an album, duetting with Rihanna, launching a clothing yeah. Could label. Could you imagine the Vettel and Rihanna duet? I think we'd be more likely to see Vettel and Lizzie Hale doing a duet because Vettel's a big metal fan. No, he's a Michael Jackson fan. The three Michaels, remember? Um, yeah, oh, there was a ride along with him and him and well, Charles. Had the oh. offspring on. Yeah, earlier yeah. on he said it was a, uh, the offspring's a little bit soft for him these days. Ah. Oh, he's he's, he's matured into a full on metalhead. <laughs> he's German. They all like either hard dance or metal. This is true. This is <laughs> or or. Um, the half, but uh, they need the fact. <laughs> These plus other wild stereotypes. <laughs> Are we meant to be talking about Mercedes? No, did we, we, did, no, we did we skip ahead? No, we're not. We're still we're still on. Um, we're still on. Well, we're on. We're on Giovinazzi's penalty. Oh, that's how interesting Giovinazzi is. We've just drifted onto Mercedes. Yeah, I mean Giovinazzi done at the end of the season. I'm fi- yeah. I'm firmly behind him being done now. That's it. Finished. Yeah, it's it's time for old Givo. Uh, so is that a full fresh team, do you think? Or do you think they'll keep Kimmy? Well, Kimmy, it depends if Kimmy wants to, doesn't it? Kimmy says he's not made any decisions yet. And I get I get the feeling with Kimmy's relationship with Sauber as an organisation, regardless of the Alfa Romeo Ferrari thing, um, they are saying, they will probably say, it's there if you want it. Now, be interesting if they do now, take different engines. I was going to say that car's going to get more competitive because mm. when he was up there, even though it was only through the pit lanes and stuff like uh, pit stops and things like that, and we knew he was going to fall backwards. My fuck, he was racy. Mm. Mm. It, it, it was a different Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. 
I mean, Sauber have been known to make a decent car in the past. And when they've had a decent engine in the back, they've done quite well. I mean, remember when... We're we're going back a while, but remember when the first came in and Frentzen was driving for them? Mm. And they had an up-to-date Ferrari engine in there, and Frentzen was regularly in the points. Well, remember the beginning of the season back when they had NASA, when it was blue and yellow? The, the the salvo wasn't too bad. It just dropped off because they couldn't uh, afford to develop it. Yeah, and it's and they have built new facilities, haven't they? They've built new wind tunnels and stuff like that. So it's not like the facilities aren't there now to mm. to do something, especially with the rule changes. And yeah, whatnot. It's, it, it's it's just the pile of scrap metal in the back of it. So yeah, I uh, yeah, give I'd give, like to see it. Give Kimmy a, give Kimmy a better engine and. Um, it might be enough to keep him on for another year. He did all right in his last Renault-powered car, did he not? That was yeah. That's when he got his last win before US. Yeah. And you know he was doing well until they stopped paying him, <laughs> and then suddenly needed back surgery, as if by magic. Mm. So yeah, maybe an entirely new team, possibly Kimi Kimi and Kubica next season Could in be. a Sauber Renault. Because, yeah, if they don't have the Ferrari, they won't get a Schwartzman or a Schumacher or an Eilert or one of that lot, will they? No, they'll they'll end up in a Haas, whoever does the best out of those three. And I say those three, I know there are more Ferrari junior drivers, but I still say that Giuliano Alessi will be unemployed at the end of this season. Oh, he's really not good, is he? (laughs) He's his father's son. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, come on, John Alessi was pretty good. I will have a bad word said about John Lacey. Yep, that head and shoulders advert he did was so good they had to dub him with an American voice. That head and shoulders advert was so good they gave it to Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't have to redub him. Right, Williams. The last race where the Williams family are running the team. Um, Totsy Mosh. Yeah, it was a shame that Latifi wasn't one place further ahead just to give them points on just the last to rub one. it into russell that he doesn't get the fucking not to rub the it into the green russell. when things go wrong <laughs> not not specifically because of that but no i think it would have been nice for them to get just a just a token point on the last the last williams williams race yeah maybe they can put a protest in against the uh racing point break ducks everyone everybody. else does <laughs> although everyone else has pulled out of the appeal now they still they still get an offence from the stewards every every race for using the illegal brake duct. <laughs> mm, I, st- I stand but I stand by the fact that if that had been any other manager and not Claire Williams, they would have been fucking dragged across the coals for <laughs> what's happened to that team. Yeah, but who's going to drag her across the coals? Her dad. What's he going to lightly run her over? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing when it's when it's family owned. And Patrick Head is a very minority shareholder and blatantly, blatantly doesn't give a toss. And I must admit, when I saw the, when, when I saw the uh, headline saying William's family walk away from... Uh, from <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't say it, Did baby. all of them? Did all of them really? Not sure. <laughs> but, I mean, Williams have had... An incred- the Williams family have had an incredible time in F1. There is no denying that. Yeah, I mean, it's, w- Williams are one of the reasons I got into motor racing, because of if, Damon Hill driving in a Williams... Because you fancy Damon Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
and I was just putting it out there that was all <laughs> <laughs> no no but like they, I, he, he was my first sporting hero I wasn't interested in sport until Damon Hill and, and supporting him uh, yeah but the, the first Formula One car I saw for realsies with my eyes and that was in um was a Williams coming out of the pit lane in ninety uh, seven and it was Jacques Villeneuve with the question mark on the side of the car, uh you know it's it 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 was always the t- like the team to look the team to watch when I got into the sport, um and to think like what when the tur- the turbo hybrid era fixed Williams. They were the second best car at the beginning of the turbo hybrid era. They had a or like, and I I still think that the first mistake Williams made was keeping Felipe Massa. When they had Massa and Bottas, they had a broken number one driver and a, a young rookie, which was probably a really good call for Williams at the time. Massa should have never been their experienced head in that team. But who else was available at the time? I don't know. There must have been somebody else if we went back and looked. There's always there's always people wanting to move around. But let's not forget, they were the second best team in Formula One. True. You know, so... You, 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 t- just... you tend, to, tend to kind of overlook that just because mm-hmm. of the situation that they're in... Now, when yeah. the regula- you know, the engine regulations haven't changed too much. How, think of the countless conversations we've had on this podcast where we would kept turning around to each other and saying, how good is the Williams? Because we don't know because it's Bottas and Massa in the car. They should have won, won at Silverstone, but Bottas bottled it because three spots of rain fell on his visor. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I it's, I just think it's it's a massive shame. I can't help think that it's it I, it has to be management, and I don't believe uh, any other team. Let's just say from where from where Williams were to what happened to them when they got the Mercedes engines and they were up there behind Mercedes. Um, I don't believe that another team would have had the opportunity and fell to the back of the grid. Yeah, I mean, I've heard gossip, and that's 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 all that we can say about yeah behind behind the scenes issues with certain senior members of the organisation um, having the power going to their heads. Yes, you know, I think I think I think we've we've all heard the same. Yeah, we've all heard the same stories from stories. Yeah, and it's again. If you take if you take out if if you take out all the nonsense, they had um, oh fuck yeah, they had Smedley come into the uh, mm-hmm. into the team. I know we have a laugh and a joke about Smedley here and there, but let's be per- fucking honest here. Like he did the absolute job at Ferrari. You know, he he was a key member of Ferrari. When they uh, when they almost won the world championship and you know would have won a world championship with Felipe Massa until Glock threw the towel in. Um, 
Well, no, if it had, had a towel, it'd, um, Massa would have won the championship because Glock would have actually been able to use the towel to uh, keep the wheels dry. I think he was. I think he was looking for a McLaren drive, personally. <laughs> but um, I, um, I just don't. I, I stood, don't see. How I you, stood a chance I, of getting the McLaren drive when the boot would cover line and out. That's true, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I don't think you lose someone like him. Uh, and what, what, what's his name? The designer. His name, his name escaped me. Escapes me. Paddy Lowe? Yes. Um, I mean, like, what, what went what went on with Paddy Lowe? We will we will never we will never know until his book comes out in but about it was thirty good years on time. Netflix, wasn't it? That episode so frosty. Yeah. The the whole blanking. I mean, the guy had built countless winning cars. Yeah. And what I don't like is that people uh, people blame him for what's gone on with Williams instead of blaming the person which was running the team, which before running the team had no previous fucking knowledge of running a motor racing team. Now, I'm not going to give many options here for which one I would bet on, but I'm going to say I would stick my money on the guy which has built the world championship winning cars being right. Yeah, I mean, I've heard stories as well over the last couple of weeks about William started going to crap when um, Adrian Newey wanted to um, buy a share of the team. And that's why he left, because Frank turned him down. Wow. And he ended up going to McLaren and not doing a bad job, Mm -hmm. and then going to Red Bull and not doing a bad job. Yeah. It's one way of... uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I mean, Williams had a rough ride, didn't they? With, um, you know, I, I, I think they. I don't. They, I don't. They, I, don't th- I don't think um, all of Williams' current issues up to the second of the buyout were one hundred percent down to Claire Williams. All I the, absolutely do. All absolutely. The, but I am saying one hundred percent of the Williams' issues up to the moment of the buyout were caused by the Williams family. Maybe. Um, I, it, I, well, I mean, it seems to be only uh, Claire and Frank which were involved in the team. I don't believe Frank was involved in the team because he, even just the fact that he did that he couldn't be there for the last like race mm. with, of the Williams family running the team shows that he's 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 clearly not a well man. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I. I, I it's. Let's not forget that when Williams was good and it was uh, getting podiums and, like I said, they were the second best car on the circuit when the turbo hybrid era started, it wasn't Claire running the team. It was Patrick, not Patrick Head, uh, Pat Fry that was running the team. Uh, Because do you remember how Sky had quite a lot of access with Williams back then, didn't it? And they always had the... Um, like drives to the circuit with Pat oh, Fry. Yes, and, yeah, I do remember that. And of course, Claire. we kept, we kept getting the um, the repeats of the Inside Williams mini documentary mm. series. Yeah, yeah. And then either you Pat know, the, Fry the, left, either Pat Pat Fry left because she was it felt like she was sort of the understudy and learning from Pat Fry of what's sort of on the job training. Mm. Uh, so either Pat Fry leaves because his his work here is done. Or, uh, as I have complete speculation, and what I believe is that um, 
Claire got arrogant and Pat Fry was pushed aside. And then the the spiral happened when Pat Fry wasn't there overlook, overseeing the team. Hopefully we will, at some point, someone will spill. Now that the Williamses are not involved in Williams, someone someone Mm. will drop the goss at some point. I didn't... um, I I, I, I don't mean this nasty towards George Russell at all. I didn't take the... Like, like the Nicholas Latifi sounded too rehearsed, but um, I didn't find George genuine when he was on the radio doing the... um, like the the Williams bit at the end of the race, I felt that it, if you listen to the whole transcript, it was probably his engineer saying, "George, you need to say something nice about Frank and Claire." Uh, oh, I thought like I that. thought he came across as all right. Yeah, I I, I thought it I, I thought it, like, it sounded pretty genuine. I think prepared. I think it had always all be always been planned that they would say something mm. nice at the end of the race, but I, I, no, it didn't come across as insincere particularly. But uh, I mean, I just hope that the the team get more um, more competitive now, just yeah. for George's sake. If nothing else. Yeah, I mean, we'll find we'll find out apparently some uh, some point of this week. And what is the betting? It's uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Who the new interim team principal is going to be? Because Pepper Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've been bringing up the rear for a couple of years. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm proud of that one, even if nobody else is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Prince and, Harry, he's looking for a new job. No, has links to the new board. No, that's 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 true. You know, his, his brother-in-law's a director. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's going to be... I can't remember his name, but it's the guy that they took on as managing director from McLaren. Oh, yes. Simon somebody. I can't remember his name either, but I know who you mean. And I... Um, Paddock, Paddock Gossip um, and uh, Racefans.net, who we actually do believe because they, um, they're trustworthy. They seem to be saying that he's going to be um, interim team principal until the end of the year, and then they're going to look for somebody permanently, and this could be a little bit of an audition for him as well. Mm. But they're going to, I think the situation that they're in, they're going to want to bring in somebody experienced who's been at the sharp end. Cyril Abitaboul. Not Cyril Abitaboul. What's the one before him? Eric Boulier. He's, all, he's in the market, isn't he? It's not a bad shout, that. Simon Roberts, that's the, uh, that's, the Williams thank you, guy. Thank you. I knew his first name was Simon, and then the rest of my head just went, he's got a surname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eric, Eric Boulier could actually do it, because, I mean, we know he's good at crisis management. Although the cracks were starting to show towards the end of his time at um, McLaren. Mm. But when he was in charge of Lotus, when he was having to pay his own bus fare to get to the circuit. Yeah. And he ma- he managed to basically Apollo thirteen it, uh, the team back until uh, until Renault put the money in. And then, I can't help but think that after he, when he left there to go to McLaren, he must have thought, "Oh, all my days of lying are over. I'm finally <laughs> joining a competitive team." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, je suis non scapegoat. <laughs> Mad, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he would he would be a damn good shout actually mm-hmm. because I mean he's he's you know he's 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 had two monstrously shitty situations. Yeah, why not go for a third? 
<laughs> at least at least he knows there's money behind this one. Yeah. Uh, Stefano Domenicali has still been kicking around in some form, hasn't he? Was he with Audi for a little while? Wasn't he running Audi's DTM programme, which is now coming to an end at the end uh-huh. of this year? So it's available. Hmm. And, right. This is the other thing as well. I know um, uh, Zach Brown is the is the head of McLaren. Yeah. But um, if if anyone if anyone questions what the de- the guy that actually does like the day to day running of the team when it comes to like track days uh, ha- has to do with the performance of the car, just look at what Seidel's done to yeah. McLaren. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean Zach Zach Brown is a racer and a businessman but he's running all sorts of McLaren businesses and side hustles as well because mm-hmm. he's still got United Autosports. Yeah. So how much of his time is he split in between working and leads? Mm-hmm. Um, Seidel is 100% McLaren focused. Yeah. I think that's it now, isn't it? Seidel is the race team and Zach Brown is promotions and marketing and that kind of bollocks yeah and, I mean, it, uh, and, you, the, and the guy that likes to talk in front of people you know the if, if there's an interview to be had with sky they like zach is the more forward facing and well, to be perfectly honest he's, he's more personable isn't he i i think seidel's done a few more more recently hasn't i, think, he? I, I don't know whether maybe he's, gr- he's growing into the media yeah, role but... i think it's new mm. to him isn't it maybe as well english not the first language maybe it's taken a little bit more confidence to get into it i mean don't forget zach, zach brown as well um it would you know they made a mclaren limited made a big play of when they brought him in his first job was to bring in a title sponsor if at all possible and he's used to dealing with sponsors and presenting and being the outward fronting face and he's obviously done it for united auto sports as well because yeah. they are a pretty successful team in imsa but look at the look at the amount of sponsorship the car's got now. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it looks good. You know, it went from having McLaren on it and to Ki- having and Kimoa. sponsors and Kimoa. <laughs> no, sorry, and Kimoa. Yeah, fucking um, hell. But uh, I like the Kimoa Kimoa clothes. I was on the website the other day. I think pretty cool. Read um, the blurb though. Some of the blurb that comes with the Kimoa. Don't kit. need fucking to read hell. the writing. You used to accuse me of dressing like a middle-aged skater boy. Does this mean I'm going to accuse you of dressing like a middle-aged surfer dude? I'm. I, I, I am a swimmer. So. <laughs> Oh, you're going to start rocking up to the gym in, like, Kimoa full kit wanker stuff. <gasps> oh, the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might, I, I'll have to leave it till next year now. I'll leave it till, I'll leave it till it's got, till it's all, like, all bad stuff. All, um, all, all peen stuff. Yeah. Which, no, funnily enough, we are moving on to Renault next. Ah. Yeah. So their big news this weekend was they are changing the name from the start of next year and they are now plugging their um, sports car brand. It's going yeah, to be the... My favourite cereal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alpine. Although it's pronounced <laughs> Alpine. Because, yeah. because France. Um, did either of you two hear the uh, little bit of a terse exchange between Ocon and his engineer on the cool-down lap? Yes. Yes, I did. That was a little bit telling. Mm-hmm. And and do you know what the thing was? He didn't have a bad race. No, not at all. But I think that's his point, isn't it? He he obviously had a pacey car with a slightly different yeah, strategy. He, He'd have been up there. 
Yeah, well, maybe if he was as quick as Daniel Ricciardo, he might have been ahead of <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo. Because to me, when he was moaned about, I was there thinking to myself, thinking, well, if a Renault was going to win that fucking race, mate, it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ricciardo said uh, not as strongly and not as ranty on the cool down lap, but I think he said the same kind of thing was that actually playing it slightly differently would have been a very good day for them and it just didn't quite the safety car and the red flag was just wrong time yeah yeah uh but i i i I was ironic though that the driver that's staying um is the one going off on one on an open radio channel and the driver that's going is being mr diplomacy well a i think that shows more maturity from daniel ricardo but the uh the interesting thing about that was which i think Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but we heard back in the uh, Racing Point days that, uh, or whatever it was back, was it still Racing Point then? No, would we? It changed, didn't it? Midway through his year, it was Force India, then it was like Force India Racing Point or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, They, uh, he had the reputation of not being an easy guy to get on with. Mm -hmm. Well, Perez certainly didn't think so. Yeah, but the thing was, it was just like he. He's he was a grumpy and he questions one thing, but like his mechanic was brutal. He you know, really, that, really shot him down, didn't mm, he? Yeah, yeah, and but and that, but there was like venom to it as well, you know. Yeah, it was a real it, not the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's just like oh fucking, I'm used to this bullshit. I know what's coming next. I need to stop this right away. I mean, there's, um, there's been theories I've seen on Twitter saying. Um, have a drink is their code for shut up, you're talking in public. Well, I prefer yeah, Gunter Steiner's way of dealing with, with that, which is just yelling shut up, Roman, on the radio, because that's, that's still one of my favourite ever bits of <laughs> team radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's odd. Uh, it's odd anyway, because... Renault have got a good car, and realistically, they had a good result. You know, mm-hmm. all round for a team, they had a they had a good points haul out of the race. Not only have they got a good car, but it seems to be getting better the longer this season yeah. goes on. I'm pretty fucking sure that from testing, that there was a certain podcaster that isn't you, isn't Sean, isn't Flood, that's on this show regularly. Like Stand every man. week, <laughs> no. Dizzy. That said, from the, from the word go, that Renault looks good, and everyone kept scoffing at me because I was. I said Alonso was going to be in the car next year, and you all scoffed at that. And I was right. It's a fucking good car, and Alonso's in it next year. <laughs> I seem to recall you saying that Renault's good, and I said it'll look better when it's all the 2020 car and not half the 2019 car, which is what they ran in testing. Yeah, I agree. But they look good in te- no, no, but they look good in testing. Like the last day of testing, they got it together and they they like they looked good. I think that was it in um, testing, wasn't it? It was patchy. There was a few sort of mechanical things. And it was like, oh, maybe yeah. it will be good when they figure out how it works. I think they've now figured out how it works. I think I I I think it's probably a better car than the McLaren, but I I just don't think. They've had quite the rub of the green with it. Mm. If 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 it's not as if it's not better, it's as good as the McLaren. I think I think it's been oh, on a par, maybe sometimes better, maybe not so much in race pace. 
in qualifying, mm. the McLaren seems That's to... That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. The McLaren seems to be better on low-fuel short laps off tyres. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Ocon in particular hasn't really done much in qualifying yet. If one if one of them's getting into Q3, it's Danny Rick. Yeah, and it's Danny Rick, Like he's always been a good qualifier as well. Mm-hmm. So, so there's clearly like a, a, a good tenth or two is probably owed to the Ricardo factor more than the car factor. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm really looking forward to seeing how McLaren adapt to the Mercedes engine next year and how Ricardo can do with yeah, it. Yeah, it'd be fun. Do you think, do you think there's, and I know we've, we've said this about Renault a lot, like over the years. But what, they're like going the to leave again? That's, no, that's no, the main the, thing we say the, about Renault. I mean, technically they are leaving, but <laughs> <laughs> but but like the, the, the rebranding of the car, so I think the next year's car, I think is going to look awfully similar to Fernando Alonso's Renault. Um, well, it's going to be a majority blue colour. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think they'll go for the mild seven like no apparently it's 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 going to be um it's going to be blue white and red um the racing in the french flag colors oh well that might be quite cool um i mean i imagine there'll be some yellow on it somewhere surely renault renault will want some sort of yellowy bit on it somewhere but uh limited edition yellow hats obviously But but when you've got this big big rebrand of the team, you've signed Fernando Alonso. That suggests a plan. Sell hats. I, I, I mean, they can do that anyway. But do, do you know what I mean? I think it suggests that there is some like a push towards something. They were talking. They they were talking as well on Sky, weren't they, about the idea that Cyril Abitable could be getting promoted into a uh, yeah, um, I, a sort of back office role. I um I, I I thought they were using the word promoted wrong there as yes, well. Yes, for the for the benefit <laughs> of the listeners and and for Lee, I did do some air quotation marks when I said promoted. <laughs> then, yeah, I didn't see them, but I sensed. Them. Uh-huh. You knew they were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, they, they asked him if he wanted. They, they asked him if he wanted um, a higher up job in the organisation, but they're not sure actually how he answered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean about Renault having, or the, the Renault organisation having some kind of plan. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the Renault brand is known worldwide. You know, there's no denying that. You go to any yeah. country, you're gonna you're gonna see a Renault on the road. I can only recall seeing one Alpine. I don't believe I've ever seen an Alpine. Coming to a Spain near you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, you know, I mean, they they are, they are Renault's Lexus, basically. Mm. Um, You know, it's it's their version of Infinity, it's a new Infinity, because that that was all, Mm. that's all Nissan now. So, you know, they're obviously plugging the sports cars. And I, I just wonder if there's going to be some kind of tie-in with, I don't know, maybe something in a GT series that, you know, it's going to turn up at WEC events and Alonso isn't. <laughs> or we'll just have him there as spokes model and not let, him, not let him drive the car. 
But aside from that, um, good good showing from Renner. Double points finish, and if you, if the drivers are to be believed, strategy let them down. I think uh, just just quickly on the on the Alpine thing that um, when Fernando Alonso's tender is over as a driver, I think he buys the team. Mm. Could be a thing, or or at least buys into the team or something like that, so you can have you know, you're like his Fernando Alonso racing colours. The uh, we we see on like the junior cars and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's God, al- he has already got his karting thing, oh, he's, hasn't he? he? He's, he's done karting a, clones, and he's done a, yeah, a cycling yeah. team as well. He's had a cycling yeah. team. I don't know if that still exists or not, but it did at one point. So he's definitely yeah. dipped, but I think, dipped the toe. I, I, do, hasn't I he? think he's got. I think he's got designs mm. of being a team boss at some point. Just to, just to be more successful than Prost was. Well, <laughs> let's be fair. It's not going to take a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, Prost was uh, Prost was hanging out quite a bit with Christian Horner on the grid, which I thought was strange because obviously he's still involved with um, the Renault organization. Mm, yeah, and. Uh, Horner and Renault didn't exactly part on the best of terms. Yeah, I think that you, you talk about companies there, though, aren't you? But on 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 like the, on the personnel level, maybe maybe he was apologising for Cyril's latest comment about Horner. Yeah. <laughs> the, that and the fact you're Prost, aren't you? You're 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 Alan Prost. You you pretty much do what you fucking want. Yeah, you know it's so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did wonder if he had to get a mask custom made, especially for the Hooter. From the same place as Latifi, right? Well, while we're talking about masks, can yes. we can we all come to terms with the fact that as far as the bubble Formula One bubbles go, and he's in a bubble with him, and he's in the bubble with him, it's clearly all bollocks for the camera. And as soon as the cameras are off, no one gives a shit anymore. Danny Danny Ricardo just keeps seeming to pop up next to people and getting told off, and just doing yeah. whatever the fuck he wants anyway. Yeah. Um, but even like the the this drivers cuddling, shaking mm-hmm. hands, and then all of a sudden they remember there's cameras on them. Yeah, and it's, yeah, that that is absolutely not going on. It's, it, yeah, I suppose <laughs> it doesn't help when you see pictures of them in clubs in Monaco together. But um, yeah, it's yeah. Also, yeah. also while we're on the subject of masks, uh, one of our regular listeners, Jana, has actually um, started making and selling her own on Etsy. I'm going to put the link up on. Uh, on the website, but if you want details of how to get hold of the masks, I think she's only sending, um, delivering them to the US because postage is fucking expensive to from the US to Europe. But if anybody wants to know how to um, get hold of exclusive handmade masks, and she's doing some Halloween ones as well, give us a shout, and I will point you in the right direction. Just, Good stuff. He- just helping a small business out here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, right. She should do. She should do three legs, four wheels ones. Apparently, you can already buy three legs, four wheels masks from our tea public shop, and um, they, they, they look terrible. <laughs> so don't do that then. <laughs> what I would do if you want three legs, four wheels merch is go on there and buy one of the t shirts because they're a lot better than the masks look. I think the masks have been put up in a hurry. They, 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 the, t-shirt, the t shirt is good for non pandemic times as well. That is, that is true. That is true. And if you're working from home, we do work, we do mugs as well. So you, you'll can always we, have can a coffee. We get, can we make a mask? Can we make a mask uh, that's got don't shunt down my lungs written on it? Could we do like a censored one with don't say it, baby? 
Or would we have to pay Jack? No, we wouldn't. I am doing that one. That design will be uploaded by the time this podcast comes out. What, what about Claire Williams' teeth? I think there's a niche market for that. I think we'll, I, I, I think we'll stick with your idea of the don't say it baby mask. Just, that's ha- that's just happening. Take any horse. <laughs> we'll move on to Mercedes now. The horse, on, the horse that people usually back. Right. Bottas, what the what the piss went wrong? Was he just having a he nap at the it. start? He bottled it. Felt to rebottle. He was yeah. he was that slow off the line that science had him by the time he'd started moving. No, both the McLarens were rocket ships. Both I think it was a bit I of both. I think he had an average start. Both the McLarens had good starts. No, Bottas was slow because you could see um, they had an onboard of his start and they showed it as slow as they could and you could see Hamilton was already away before he'd started moving. Now, Bottas is saying that he was worried about um, something to do with the start and he got himself confused. Mm. It's like, shit, yeah, you're, you're, you're on the line. You only had one the, job. He had no pace. He was, you know, his car was overheating. Do you know where it struck me as? Like, immediately, it struck me as a man that was overdriving. I think it was I think it was partially that, the majority of that. But this is something that I've been saying for the last three years. That Mercedes is not good at following. Lewis managed it. Normally. Well, I don't know. Lewis wasn't following. He was just coming up on people that quick and passing them before he had a chance to get into dirty air. But that was it, no, though, wasn't that, it? He had the pace. You have to go the dirty air to follow them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, he like and like, what was he? Was Lewis thirty seconds behind yep. Giovinazzi, or was he behind? He behind he took car? his penalty before Giovinazzi, so he was thirty seconds behind whoever was the last running car at that point. Right, and he managed to catch catch that gap up. Yeah, and he finished. Was it seven seconds behind his teammate? About, About that. that. Crazy. <laughs> You know, and and that's that's without a party mode. And do you know what? Uh, and McLaren, Mercedes fucked him as well because Lewis was right. If he'd have, when you look at the pace he had, if they'd let him go for two laps, I think he'd have got maybe eight seconds. He said five, but it, he his pace was so rapid. And don't forget as well, you're. you're uh, you you were putting that against teams that were already up to speed as well. You know the the tires were up to temperature, whereas you've got the whole DAS system and stuff like that. So he'd have been rocketing off when everyone was trying to get their their tires up to temperature. Um, I I I think he'd have had six or seven seconds in his pocket if they'd let him go, and that would have put him ahead of Bottas. I think. Possibly. I mean, this lack of party mode hasn't affected... Well, hasn't affected Hamilton. No. Um, I mean, no doubt he would have used it. He would have used it in the race if it had been available. Yeah. But, you know, what what do we call the Mercedes engine running at full tilt now? Um, The 16-year-old trusted to be left home alone for the first time. It's not a party. I'm just having some friends around honest mum mode. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I that's think, catchy. I might have to. I, I might have to work on that. <laughs> I think this is one of the things that people seem to forget, just because of how good Mercedes is. You know how strong the car is. Um, like it's easy to forget sometimes, just when he rumps off into the into the lead, wins a race, and stuff stuff like that. Uh, it's easy to forget how special Lewis is as a driver. You know, it's the people people say about Bottas being, oh well, they're only keeping him there because um, he's he's not challenging Lewis. You know, yeah, but he's not challenging Lewis because he's just not as good as Lewis Hamilton. Because nobody and, nobody is actually able to challenge Lewis Hamilton because yeah. Lewis Hamilton is in a different fucking league to every to other driver else. on the grid. Yeah, including Max Verstappen. Like, you know, it's I don't. Uh, even in even if you stuck Max Verstappen in a Mercedes, I still think I think he'd give him more of a hassle than Bottas is. But over the course of a year, I still don't think he could beat Lewis. I mean, Hamilton's only lost one title in the last six years, and I still think that was down to unexpected reliability problems. Yeah, it was that yeah. engine blown up. Yeah, Rosberg had a ridiculous head start, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like he's a special, like a proper special driver. Like I, I, I think I think he might be. I, I think on pure talent, like I said, I'll always stand by this. I think Alonso has been the most purely talented driver. But you you can't take away what Lewis has done. You know, you can. The best drivers end up in the best cars. It's up to the drivers to do what they have, like what they can with the machinery they're given. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you say Alonso is the most talented driver. Have have we ever seen Alonso, maybe except for t- 2007, in the out-and-out best car? Because the two the two Renaults that he won his two titles with, they weren't they weren't the best cars on the grid consistently all season. Alonso was getting more performance out of them than he should have done. Yes, and yeah. that that is yeah, that yeah, is down absolutely. to that is down to his talent. The thing that we've got with Hamilton is it's both barrels. You know, he's in yeah. the, he's in the best car. And he is a class apart from the rest of the field. Yeah. I love all the comments we get about the fact that we're Hamilton haters, and here we are. <laughs> look, listen to this conversation, for fuck's sake. Well, I think this is the thing, isn't it? Because like, I, I will always sta- stand by this, that I'm impressed by what he does, and I want him to win because he's British. Um, but I'm not a Hamilton fan, and I've, n- I've never been a Hamilton fan. I find him arrogant. I've always found him a bit arrogant. I think for um, me, I'd just like to see him be made to work a little bit harder. Yeah, I th- I, that, I would like that. But again, it's it's the Max Verstappen Albon situation again, isn't it? I mean, w- without completely disrupting the team, who do you get in that can do that? Mm. And if you're Mercedes, why the fuck would you do it? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's up to, it's up to another team to do as good a job as Mercedes have done. That's that. That is all that you can hope for. And I, I mean, what I will say is, I don't think there will come twenty twenty two. History dictates that it's the the team that's on top. When a big rule change happens, the rule changes tend to not be kind to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I cause... can't think in my time from watching Formula One uh, from like the Williams, Damon's, like Williams, I know. Uh, and go going into the new into 1997, you know when the when the cars changed then, uh, and that 
No, yeah, sorry, the Williams was still on top there. It was the year after, wasn't it? Was, it, it, was, it, was, was um, it was it was nineteen ninety eight when yeah. Williams lost the engine. Yeah. Vil- and... Villeneuve struggled a little bit with the smaller cars. I think because it was ninety seven when the cars changed and yeah. that that was the year that Renault pulled out at the end of the season. And you know, it changed into Briatori Inc.'s Mechachrome. I think it was ninety eight, wasn't it? I it was. It was. It was ninety eight. But I think the cars had changed in ninety seven. Because I, I, I'm pretty sure that they were talking about the Concord Agreement in ninety seven, for 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 the year after. But I, I could be wrong. But either way, it's. It, I I can't think of a big rule shift where the dominant team has stayed the dominant team. Yeah, because Red Bull Red Bull lost it. Yeah. when the turbos came in. Yeah, Ferrari all, lost it. All right, they had an okay car, but couldn't make it work with the turbo engines. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time before that, it had been it had been McLaren and Ferrari, hadn't it? And then they went midfieldy for a bit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was yeah Red Bull Braun for a year. Well, sort That's of at the, why. At, at the end of <laughs> at the end of the Ferrari McLaren era, sort of oh five oh six, Renault got better. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ferrari fluked into a championship because Hamilton and Alonso hated each other. Sure, yeah. That's why I'm saying 2022 Alpine and McLaren championship battle. So we're going to see a Mercedes customer engine faster than uh, a Mercedes works team. Yep. Interesting. Contentious. Looking forward to next year's prediction league. Um, But Lewis recovery, recovery drive of all recovery drives. Yeah, it's, he, he did, you know, it's, it was an unfortunate situation for him. He did the best with what he had and he still, he like, still got a bag full of points, lost very little points to uh, Valtteri Bottas and that was Bottas's chance. He's not going to get many chances like that with a Lewis Hamilton virtually out but, of points. But Chris isn't here to say it, so I'm going to. Still extended his lead in the drivers' championship because Max is second. That's the thing, isn't it? Even though it was a shitty, shitty day for Mercedes, everyone Max who actually isn't second yet is he? Yeah, he has been for a little while, I think. Is he? I'm sure, oh, he I, is. Th- I thought he was like a couple of points behind Bottas. No, you know, I'm sure you're probably right. I, I, I think it was the honest. Silverstone win. I think that did it, but yeah. I could be wow. incorrect. Hang on, let's have a look. Um, oh, sorry, Bo- like- sorry, Bottas is now second. Ah, he's gone back, has he? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it's so he hasn't hasn't extended his lead. But when you look at when you look at the lead Lewis has got, it shouldn't even be tight between Bottas and Max. Seven points difference. Crazy. (laughs) So yeah, I was I was I was expecting uh, I was expecting more. Um, we should we should move forward. We keep, we're talking about Mercedes here, like it's the last team, like usual. We're kind of fallen into that habit, haven't we? Right. In that case, yeah. well, in that case, we'll do racing point next. Um, Lance Stroll gets his second podium. He's yeah. been traditionally good at Monza in the past. It's just that little asterisk of didn't actually make a pit stop during racing conditions. And I think that rule needs sorted out. Apparently, they're not going to do anything to it, but it doesn't feel fair. No, if, the, if they're going to change tyres, it should be, it should be like for like. And I think the rule should be you have to make a pit stop during the race, mm-hmm. not during a red flag. We had this argument, well, not not as three legs, four wheels, but as as 
you know, general F1 fans. This argument came after, was it the 2011 Monaco Grand Prix? When yeah. there was there was the the leaders were overtaking a load of back markers, but they were racing and there was a massive crash. And was it Alonso had been on the back of Vettel? Who Vettel was on God, very, very worn tires. Yeah. Um there was a red flag. Vettel gets new tires, even though Alonso under actual racing conditions probably would have had him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame the rules written the way it is. Obviously, mm-hmm. Stroll's benefited from it. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, he he did, you know, roast raced to the rule as it was. So. Yeah, I think I think it should be reworded. the The rule should be reworded to a mandatory uh, racing pit stop tire change, not just you must run the two mandatory compounds mm. like under green flag conditions. Or, or you can change you can change the tires in your garage, but you automatically like during a red flag. Because obviously you've got um, uh, what you call it safety and stuff to think yeah. about. But say like a, a, a pit stop seems to be like twenty seconds. Yeah, uh, right about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you should have the average pit stop added to your time. Like the average racing pit stop. So if it's if it's eighteen seconds to get through the pit lane and change your boots, that should be added to your race time after the race if you do it under the red flag. But that would be unfair. You wouldn't get people doing that because then you'd be restarting under the red flag, you'd be bunched. So you'd actually want to not change your tires, go back out on a potentially dangerous tire, because you could get a gap during the race, you could hang on a couple of laps, actually try and find some clean air rather than be immediately sat in that bunch pack knowing yeah, you've well got that, this 20 seconds. I mean, seconds. that's fair enough, but th- that means then you'd have to make your racing pit stop. Mm. But like, like I say, you know, it's the... Uh, but if you change your tyres, you should you should have that time that it would have cost you during a race. Yeah. I, I, it's a difficult one. I don't know the answer, but... I still think it's you can change your tyres in the pits, but they've got to be the same compound that you've used that you're taking off, and you have to make a pit stop under racing conditions. That's probably the easiest. Yeah, that's I think that's... the easiest way to do yeah. it, yeah. You have, least objectionable. Yeah, you have to make a... Like for like. Yeah, like for like, for like and, then, and then a green flag or a safety car pit stop when the pit lane's open. Because, you know, or you close the pits entirely during a safety car or virtual safety car. But then, then we're looking at other rules. But you can't change it. You can't change to a different compound under a red flag. There, done. Now, now, if the if the if the red flag, then again, if the red flag comes after you've changed your tyres already, Mm -hmm. uh, then yeah, you can benefit because you've used both compounds, maybe, and you Mm. change tyre compounds during racing conditions. I don't think there's a solution that suits everyone, is there? But that's kind of the whole point of it being a sporadic a incident. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it's one of those things because it doesn't happen all the time as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's quite a rare situation to get a red uh, to get like a a yellow flag swam to close the pit lane, then a red flag mm. you know, to to restart the race. It's not something that happens all the time, so. I think is this the first ra- uh, red flag we've had since Baku 2017? Was it? Yeah, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I think I think it is. Mm. So yeah, they are. And they are few and far between. 
Mm-hmm. Which is probably why What's no one's... On next week again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, prob- yeah prob- 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 ah, a new track. I don't know where to go. Into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Joe Benazzi's race over. <laughs> Even though he's a Ferrari driver and has probably done test laps in... It's so interesting it's watching pro- the drivers learn new tracks. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if all the Ferrari drivers seem to know it because they've done laps in, uh-huh. um, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a 488 or something. Or uh, Yeah, yeah. and do you know what it's going to do? It's going to make no fucking difference nope. because they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Perez, lost, lost out on the pit stops, complained about Lando driving too slowly into the pits, but <coughs> GPS proved that he hadn't. Yeah. And then it was pointed out that Lando, uh, that Perez had actually held Raikkonen up as well. Classic. So he kind of shut up after that. Yeah, it was a bit of a non-day for him, really, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he should he should have been he should have been he should have been pacier than he was. Mm. And going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, have the uh, it was actually before we started recording, have the beneficiaries of the 2019 cars they all run the course now because they don't know how to upgrade them oh, you've oh. taken his breath away with that comment <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean you know you, i i would have i would have thought i'm, I'm gonna stop calling them the pink mercedes because they're, they're blatantly not they're not as quick as they looked they've just had their first podium of the season I hate to throw shenanigans in there, but... This is true. Very much shenanigan. You know, everyone's favourite Irish bar. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, maybe they uh, flattered to deceive in Barcelona. Um, pre-season, pre-season, pre- pre-season testing oh. 20 years ago. Um, is on, this going to be the one that I forgot to mention, Toto staying on for next year? Yes. No. Oh, there we go. But he hasn't confirmed what role he's going to be staying on with with the team, has he? Oh, there's always a technicality. Because that was uh, that was a story that I that was in well in the link that I got sent earlier. I think it's presumed, isn't it? He's team principal. I I, so, I would have thought so. So I wonder if that means there'll be a Lewis contract soon then. Now that's sorted out. Well, Lewis said he was um, he was waiting until uh, until Toto had sorted it, didn't he? Mm. So I'm amazed that uh, Mercedes haven't actually put a press release out about this because they. Well, u- 21 hours ago, BBC said he was staying, and then six hours ago, BT said he was still weighing up whether to set stay. Mm. So it sounds like it's yeah, maybe not quite certain, certain yet. It'll be fine. It'll be confirmed on tu- <laughs> confirmed on Tuesday tomorrow morning. <laughs> and of course, no jump cuts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, where are we next? McLaren. Yeah, good uh, ju- day. Just wow! I mean, running second and third before the safety car. Yeah, they were kind of done by the safety car, weren't they? Really? Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, by one place, that- I think people. I think people came out worse than to lose one place. Oh yeah, Daniel Ricciardo is a is a perfect example of someone that came off worse. Yeah, yeah, through through the, through that. But shame, it was. Uh, I think it was Carlos's race, really. It was. Um, I mean, 
I don't, th- I don't think one more lap he'd have done it. Three more laps he'd have done it with what he was closing down. And don't forget, everything that he made up in the last lap, he was wringing the battery dry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I think he'd have had a go if he had another lap. I think he'd have had a go into turn one. Uh, don't think don't think he'd have had the juice for it because I think he he just completely drained the ERS. He'd, he might have had a go into turn one, but then he'd have run out of speed somewhere around about the second Lesmo and had to uh, had to crawl home. Um, I well, I'm I only talking know, comparatively think, uh, crawl home, but it'd have been a threat to lose the place again. On um, just like on a power basis, though, I think I think the Renault's got the number of the Honda at the minute. Um, yeah, it's it seems to have. I mean, yeah, the Renault engine has come on in leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the McLaren car, yeah, and quite quietly as well. You know, quietly has done. You know. I, I keep saying this, I don't think just Renault as an organisation, I don't think it's getting the credit it deserves this year. No, I mean, the, you know, the main talking points about about Renault is usually, oh, look, the Renault car is a lot better than it was last year. And yeah. you've got a comfortable Danny Rick. But, you know, there's that lump in the back and it's powering another team. Mm-hmm. And that's the third Renault, pod- second Renault podium of the season. Second McLaren podium. Yeah, the second yeah. Renault powered podium yeah. of the season. But yeah, all all four Renault powered cars top eight. Yeah. It's not bad. You know, all three remaining Ferrari powered cars. Not. <laughs> yeah. Bottom 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 five. Sorry, bottom four even. Yeah. So yeah. Um I mean I like it when McLaren don't say we've got the best chassis on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I don't think they have got the best chassis on the grid because I think Mercedes have got the best chassis on the grid. But I think you're probably right. <laughs> Renault, uh, McLaren, Renault as a partnership is they are so far and away the best customer team. Yeah. 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 Because um, I mean, mm-hmm. Red, Red Bull are a works team. They are the Honda works yes. team. Yeah. Well, to be perfectly honest, let's we, we will have to wait and see now. After the, the like the engine mode changing, um, it's uh, is that has that flung the likes of McLaren and uh, McLaren ahead of Red Bull. Well, on um, on Saturday's performance, yes, yes, it has because Carlos Sainz qualified third. Yeah, and you. I'd have had a Red Bull quicker than a McLaren, mm-hmm. you know, even you know, at Monza, especially. I, in, if someone would have turned around and said to me, like, why? I'd, I'd have thought, well, the Red Bull is probably a more slippery car in a straight line, and the Honda engine is probably more powerful than the Renault, and I'd have been wrong. Yeah, because yeah, Ricardo was fourth, wasn't he, on the grid? Yeah. Yeah. So two Mercedes lining up ahead of two Renault powered cars. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think Ricardo fucked his last quali lap as well, wasn't he? Because he was um, he he looked like he could have been quicker than the McLarens, didn't he? At one point, I think, um, did he do a really quick first sector and then? Yeah, sort of... I mean, he got purple in the mm. first sector in Q three in the in his last Q three run. Yeah, um, I thought I thought one of the runs he he like he managed to pop up into like second or something like that, and then. Uh, on his didn't he just did didn't he go off on his last 
he went off. That was it. He went off track on his last run. Oh, did he have a little wide? Yeah, uh. yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was somewhere in sector two because he got. He, it wasn't because uh, it was turn four and turn eleven that were the big sensor corners, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't either of those where he went off. But I think um, he got. He ended up with two yellows in yeah, uh, yeah. in Q three. But yeah, it was so. it was it was purple in sector one. But yeah, McLaren are looking fantastic. It's going to be a shame to see that partnership broken up. But you've got not if McLaren go better. You know, <laughs> if if all of a sudden they they start fucking pushing forwards, it'll be great. Um, but, uh, I mean, it'll be it'll be a shame to see the Science and Norris partnership broken up. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant uh, Renault. Um, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. The the Carl, Carlos and Lando double act. I'm. I think as a double act, there is more value in car, in um, Daniel Ricciardo and Lando. Yeah, they'll be they'll be good. Bands. Oh, they 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 will be the Malcolm and Wise of the grid. But uh, I I I think um, I just I can't stop feeling sorry for Carlos Sainz. No, just <laughs> awful. I mean, on the one hand, I've got to drive for Ferrari. On the other mm-hmm. hand, oh god, I've got to drive for Ferrari. Yeah, not good. I suppose the only good thing he's going to do is um, he's going to he's going to prove me right again because uh, I think he uh, after the first three or four races, you'll you're going to regularly see him taking care of Leclerc. Are they go- Are they going to let him? Uh, I don't think they're in the position to have number one, and number two. I, mean, I also don't think Leclerc's. I don't think Leclerc's good enough to. I think he's a good driver. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going down that road. But um, I don't think. Uh, I don't think there's anything you can do about it. I just think Carlos Sainz is a better racing driver. You know, and and if they do do something about it, it'll be pulling him in for a pit stop, and it, you know, it'll be obvious what's it'll, going down. It'll be it'll be the Ferrari way of number twoing things. Oh, your bra- your brakes are iffy. You're gonna have to drop your top speed by by uh, ten miles an hour just to yeah. just to make sure they don't blow up on you. That kind <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, Ferrari are gonna be so desperate for results by that point. They're gonna they won't care if it's Timmy Mallet that's in the car. They you know they they just want whoever's further up the grid to be further up the grid. All I've got to say to that is Eddie Irvine's potential world championship. They do give a toss. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> I bet, I bet you won that world championship now, don't you, Ferrari? <laughs> dickheads. You know, if if that was that was the start of the era of Ferrari fucking themselves over, and it keeps it keeps rearing its head every so often, and now we are in prime Ferrari fucking themselves over. You know, it's 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 taken twenty years, but by God, what the twenty one years, but what they what they did to Eddie Irvine in ninety nine has really bitten him on the arse. <laughs> he's gone again. No, no, I'm no, he's, to you. he's <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I was worried. Yeah. I was worried there was some kind of lag. No, no, no. It's uh, I, I was I was basking in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, Carol, bask in it. <laughs> And that just leaves Alpha Tauri. But do you know, it's it's my new favourite thing to do is on Saturday, on a, a Saturday before qualifying, is just tweet, let's go Ferrari fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alpha Tauri. I'm, I'm saying it now. I want to put a bet on 
one of the drivers from whatever Red Bull second team winning the 2032 Italian Grand Prix. Because they only get a win at Monza every 12 years. Interesting. So this is in 12 years. So this is probably someone who's about eight at the moment. So it'll be a Fittipaldi. Could be a Fittipaldi. (laughs) But um, what can you say about Gasly? Yeah, all right. He got lucky, but he made the bloody most of it. He, yes. he came he came out or came out of the re- he still had to restart the yeah. race in the lead and get a good start and hang on to it. And he wasn't in I didn't think was he, he was in the, in the lead because um, Hamilton hadn't taken his penalty oh, sorry, but it was Stroll. So- Stroll was net leader at that point. Oh god he was wasn't yeah, he? Yeah no Gasly Gasly smashed it. All right, yeah, so he did look what, out a little oh, bit. Was that when Stroll went off? Was Gasly trying to get past him in that No Gasly had Gas- Gasly got him off the grid. Oh, right, okay. Yes, because Hamil- yeah, no, Hamilton was... restarted in the lead, didn't yeah. he? Of course, yes. Yeah, and Stroll just... I don't know what Stroll did on his restart, but it wasn't good. Thought, <laughs> thought, it, thought it was a 2019 qualifying lap. Oh, maybe maybe it's a P2 thing, because Bottas had a shitty start from the first grid. L- lack of grip or something. Or just general, I don't know, hoodoo. <laughs> Who did what? Yeah. <laughs> I think it took tremendous bottle to do what G- Gasly managed to do in that race mm. towards the end. Yeah. Even even if uh, even with Carlos running out of laps and stuff stuff like that, um, it reminded me so much of Button chasing Vettel down in Canada, and when when Vettel lost it, you know, on the last lap. Yeah. Uh, and it's. When you've got somebody like Sebastian Vettel that loses it like that, with the, when the pressure's on him, in, in like in his Red Bull, and Gasly, all the stuff he's been under and through, and written off by countless people, including me, up until this year. Well, I think the worst um, person, the worst person that he was written off by was Helmut Marko. Yes, uh, I suppose <laughs> he doesn't really mind what I think. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> The the like the top the top bottom of it is that it it could it was so easy for him to be so desperate to prove people wrong, overdrive and fuck it up. It was it was easier for him to lose that race than it was to win it. Do you know? Do you know what it was? It was a Carlos Sainz performance. He just got on with it. Yeah, he did just yeah yeah. Because uh, we always used to say that was Sainz's best quality when he was um, when he was in Toro Rosso. Was yeah. he just? Got his head down, drove, didn't give a toss what was going on around him, and yeah. did the job. And that is exactly what Gasly did, and he did it absolutely flawlessly. Mm. Uh, I and like I mean, I've said for a couple of weeks now that he's uh, glued his career back together. Um, oh, he's, I, I think he's in the that's running. Career defining that race. Yeah, that was he, career defining. He is in the running for a real seat in a real team. Is it Red Bull though? I don't think that would do him any good whatsoever. No. If he, yeah, if he goes to Red Bull, happen. if he goes to Red Bull again and becomes the Gasly he was last year in Red Bull, then this result is seen as a fluke, and the opportunity to get a drive somewhere else probably doesn't come again. Whereas if well, right now he starts, but if he starts sort of making noises around about now that he might be interested somewhere else, in maybe maybe a, maybe a seat in a French team that wants a French driver that has one under contract next year but doesn't have him beyond that. 
But what's Gasly's contract say? This is the issue. You will drive whatever helmet Marco tells you to drive. And I wonder how long his contract is. He's um, I think they're all one year, aren't they? Alpha Tori. So it's usually a rolling. So is he? Is he? he is out is of contract for next year? Not no. yet. I, I wonder if because they they off, we often talk about them. Oh, they're going to keep him, or they're going to keep him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's the fact he is under contract, and they've just got an op, they've got options. No, on no him. one, no one other than Verstappen in the Red Bull family is under contract for next year. Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think um, one one if of he the, can go somewhere else, he should go somewhere else. Yeah. One of one of the I think I think Red Bull have first refusal. Yes. That's, I think oh, that's the, it. I think the, everyone's sort of basically hanging until Red Bull decide what the fact they're doing. I think I think yeah. it's I think it's a one way option. Um, Mataschitz can take up the option. The driver has no say in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Uh, I think he will replace uh, Albon this year. I I, I don't, and I don't think it's a good move anybody and I, I tell you what I said before is how they're going to spin it they're going to say oh they uh, look at what going back to Alpha Tori has done for Gasly it's helped him rebuild his career now he can come and he can drive for Red Bull and he, yeah he'll be fine this time um, and we'll, we'll you know it's Albon will be able to sort his head out and he'll get his head down and he'll be the driver we know he can be uh, and they'll just they'll put it like opportunities and to be fair it is opportunities, isn't it? I had this discussion with someone the other day saying, oh, we, we moan about the meat grinder as much as we can, but the Red Bull organization is like swim or sink with sharks and bricks tied to you. High risk, high reward. Uh, yeah, so, but, but I, can't, I can't see them keeping Albon in that car because it's, it's starting, his, Albon's performances are starting to look bad on Red Bull, I believe. I think he's still got a few more races to turn it round. Um, Horner seems only to be... We've got get... a few more races left of the season. <laughs> uh, what, we've got nine left. Yeah. This is true, yeah. Yeah, uh, next week Next week is the halfway point of the season. It's only just bloody started. That's usually when they like to do it. This is true. Yeah, that is that is true. Some Sometime, uh, sometime between Hungary and Belgium, which is the midpoint of the season, chronologically speaking. Um, what, do we, what do we think about Kvyat? A bit of an anonymous one, and I think he's the driver under threat from Sonoda for next season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honda I want so. Honda wants Sonoda in the car, and they've announced mm-hmm. that he's doing the postseason test in the Red Bull. Yeah. Is he in the Red Bull? I is think he? He's, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I read that he was going to be actually in the big boy car in Abu Dhabi. So that says to me they want they want him on the grid next year. And Honda do have a lot of pull. So I think he's got to be fourth or above, hasn't he, in F2 yeah. to have the super licence. I don't know where he is at the moment. He must be there or thereabouts because he's been all right. The top the top of F2 is incredibly tight. I think mm. there's only something like 25 points covering the top six. Mm. Um, Sean, you're yes. our registered... Uh, does it, will he get a super licence this week? Go on. Person. Um, Callum Eilert. Yes. It, is will he have a super license next year? Yes, he's the championship leader at the moment. So if yeah. he if he wins, he automatically has super license. See, I think if if something to Squiffy doesn't happen with um, the Ferrari Renault mm. engine in the Salba, 
I've got the sneaking suspicion you're going to get him and Schumacher in Salba next year. I th- no, I think there's more chance of Kubica because they've got all that Kubit still got all, all that Kubits are all on money. And if, whoever if, whoever if, whoever if comes second, involved, they don't need it. I don't know because Sauber still get to pick one of the seats. I mean, it, it, you know, if if they're keeping the if they're keeping the Ferrari engines, I think we can more or less say that Kimi's going to go. Yeah, Callum Islet, he really looks like the real deal, doesn't he's, he? He's quietly been very good, hasn't he? Like, yeah. he, I think there's, yeah. there was a lot of focus on Schumacher. Obviously, Schwartzman got a lot of buzz early on, but Islet's just been sort of quite quietly, mm. quietly building. Yeah, it's it's. F2 is going to be won by a Ferrari junior driver. It's, it's going to be Eilert, Schwartzman or Schumacher, I think. That is the top three currently. Yeah. So the winner of that will get the will get the Alpha C if Ferrari still have a say in the matter. And Sonoda one is currently fourth, which would be enough for him to have super licence. One of our listeners pointed out that Schumacher managed to do it again, like he did in Formula 3 when he absolutely needed to. All of a sudden he won't manage to be able to win a race. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he has sort of... Again, he's another one. The last couple of races has just started to look a little bit more impressive than... It, he was looking shaky early, he, yeah, early in the season. Yeah, he looked a bit like, okay, what are you doing, mate? But, yeah, he's, he's come good. But, moving back to uh, the matter in hand, F1, because we haven't started doing an F2 podcast yet. We were planning on it, but we just never got around to it. Maybe next year. Who has the time? Exactly. <laughs> um, Rockstars and wankers. Oh, Okay, Pierre Gasly, Rockstar. Yeah. Uh, got one for Wankers. The Marshals on the outside of Parabolica. For dropping a Ferrari. For dropping Leclerc's car arse first into the gravel after Leclerc had. I mean, it's a very Ferrari moment, isn't it? It, is, it just sums the season up. <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we'll be seeing uh, Leclerc in a new chassis next weekend. Yeah. Or an old one. Mm. Um, Carlos Sainz, rock star. Yes. Uh, a, lot, a lot of potential rock stars. Uh, rock star, that one person at Mercedes Mission Control in Brackley that tried to get through to the team and say, actually, guys, the pit lane shut, don't pit him. Oh, fuck, too late. <laughs> yeah, wanks, wanker whoever's decision it is, I suppose, to have that buried on page four. But also, it gave us quite a good race, so maybe not too much. Do we go for K-Mag as an honorary rock star? Well... He's tried to claim it, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> light, light pop star for uh It's the best thing, the whole thing in off. Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, guy, the guy's Danish. He's racing in front of an international audience. He couldn't even get Lego to back him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um... Do you know, I think McLaren as well. McLaren in general is a rock star because it was so nice, even before um, the like the craziness started happening. It was so nice seeing McLaren up there, like running as a competitive car again. Mm. Oh, not another rock star. Netflix. Oh yes, it was their weekend with Ferrari. No way. Oh, yes dear. way. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> have, have we just made this this last race better for you? 
Oh, it's, it's going to be painful. That, that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. It's not not necessarily a rock rock star or a wanker moment, or it could be a little bit of both. But um, did we see the video of Lando Norris cutting his hand? Oh no! He he did a celebration with the Shandon champagne, of course, as they do at McLaren, um, with signs, and he did the slamming it on the ground, but he got a bit too into it. It shattered, cut his hand. Oops. So I think he's all right, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so we move on to Magello this weekend, unknown territory for uh, four wheels. Yeah, it's exciting. I like it as a concept. Ferrari's thousandth race. Oh, it is! Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, think, oh, Lee, Lee, don't forget to hydrate and sanitize. <laughs> This is just—it's just the best. <laughs> oh God, he's going like, to take—he's going to take up smoking again after this, isn't no, he? No, I, I fucking swear. After yeah, we lockdown, know. <laughs> after lockdown and COVID and all that sort of stuff, this is just what I needed. I mean, realistically, I, I I know Italy kind of had it a bit bad, didn't it? So they probably don't want this. So. Sorry for you guys. Uh, Alpha Tori um, is an Italian team. They had a race win. It's all good. They played. They, they played. The, they played the Italian national anthem. Talking about they which, don't that, care. That was another. That was another bit of a rock star moment. The um, the national anthem before the race with uh, all the musicians in the stands. Oh, I didn't see this because I was still at work. Yeah, it was. It was quite good. I thought. I thought it was quite good. I'm obviously on my own in this. Fair enough. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my own. Right. Right enough. Um, but yeah, um, Ferrari's thousandth race at a circuit that they own. It's not going to be good. <sighs> you couldn't write this, could you? It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. So, shall we get some predictions in? Because we're all we're all completely going into the unknown, right? Um, Dan is still going for his usual Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen because he hasn't told me anything different. Because he said, leave it at that until I tell you otherwise. And I've not heard from him to say otherwise. So there we go. And I've got a guest predictor this week. And this is Wings Triumphant from our Discord server. Um, he's one of the guys that helped us set it all up. Um, if you haven't joined it yet, the link's all over the uh, all over the website, and um, it's a it's a fun community in there. And he is going for Hamilton win, Verstappen second, and Perez third. Um, he's also done the traditional Rockstars and Wankers predictions. Uh, Rockstars non top three driver who gets a podium, so I'm guessing Perez. Uh, Hamilton for a commanding race. Wankers Ferrari. It's a kind of given. <laughs> Grosjean, also a bit of a given, but he hasn't had a real Grosjean move in a while. He does feel overdue, in fairness. Mm. Fair point. <laughs> and Sky F1 for endlessly speculating about reverse grids after this week. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to have to chase up once he's uh, feeling a bit better, but I will get his predictions. I'll put them on the site. So I shall just write these in. Ham, the, and per. Right, who's going next? I will go. Um, I'm going to go Hamilton win, Bottas second, and a Verstappen third. I'm going to go boring because it is usually a boring result when it's a new track. Right. I always go. I always go last. So I'm going to. I'm going to jump in ahead oh. of you, Lee, this time. Rude. Go on. 
because I don't want to be accused of copying you, because you, <laughs> you've accused me of doing that before. Uh, I'm going for a Hamilton win, and I am going to go for Science second. Wild. And I'm really going out there. Lando third. <gasps> so Double McLaren podium. I'm going Hamilton win, Lando second, and Science third. Right. We will see how this goes. If you want to do your own predictions, go onto the website at threelegsfourwheels.com, go to the game section, and have a look for um, podcast, uh, not podcast predictions, Prediction League 2020. We want your top three, uh, your pole position, fastest lap, and the number of non-classified, just in case there's any DNSs, the number of drivers that are non-classified in the standings at the end of the race. Um... We've been running a little bit on the long side and um, also we're one brain down tonight, so I think it would be unfair to uh, inflict a total shunt on us, Lee. Yes, I think that, I think that's fair. I, I apologise to the person that's waiting with bated breath because I told them earlier that I was going to do theirs, but you can rest assured you're top of the list for next week. Unless you do your usual and if you hadn't written that down somewhere that you're going to do it, then you'll completely forget and do a different one. How many times have you brought that up tonight? If Listen not, to the Patreon. for next July. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to know what the Patreon show is all about, go to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels. Uh, sign up from as little as $1 a month and you'll get extra tangents, stuff, talk. No F, no F1, but plenty of other things. Get to hear about Lee's stand-up comedy debut. Yeah, come follow me on Twitter at, uh, at a total shunt because I'm going to be putting clips of my co- uh, comedy debut on Twitter soon or later. And you can get us uh, the whole show on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram all at Three Legs Four Wheels and... At Sean Cowper. And I am at Pablo100 and Chris is at Flood21. Just before we go, a quick reminder about uh, Formula Lee. It's the Bahrain Full Circuit in the dry in a Renault and you've got until Monday the 14th, 6 o'clock UK time... Um, one o'clock Eastern. I, I had to do some. I had to do some thinking then uh, to get your times in. Full details on the website about how to get that through. And uh, we'll be on Discord over the weekend for uh, qualifying um, F two, F three, and uh, the race all Saturday and Sunday. I think that's about it. Sounds wonderful. Right, <laughs> the ones that are going to bed early, go to bed now. Yes, we'll see you Thank next week. You. See you later. See you next Bye. week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.